You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am your host, Daniel Lee, or Photos by DLEE. So this week, as promised last fortnight, is going to be all about the new lens that I got, which is the Samyang AF 85mm f1.8 in the FE version, as there is a RF mount version version now as well. So as always, to start things off, just get into a bit of a personal update. For me, nothing really that much. Haven't been shooting that much uh, in unrelated to photography area. The Last of Us 2 came out, you know, just under a fortnight ago. So that took up a lot of my time. It's an amazing game, got a lot of controversy, but I absolutely, absolutely love it. Even though it's not technically photography related, I guess you could say more video related in a way. It shows how camera movement and camera stuff can make something seem more immersive and more intense. Like in the first game, when you would fight, the camera would just be static. So you wouldn't really feel, you know, it would still feel intense but not as intense as this game in this game when you fight and you move back and forth the camera actually like sways back and forth with you which i find makes the fight seem really intense and you actually feel like you're fighting for your life so you know from a sort of cinematography video kind of perspective that's really interesting you know just moving that camera gives that effect so even though it's a game stuff like composition lighting everything still does play into it so you know just one way you can relate to that but otherwise i think i got uni results back kind of i got an assignment back so now i confirmed that i definitely didn't fail the unit that i passed it which is always a good thing one unit left and then i will finally be done with uni which means i can hopefully hopefully put more effort into tpe as well you might be able to bump it up to a weekly show if i can get ideas from listeners or that sort of thing maybe do the youtube aspect and editing gear reviews a lot more but i guess we'll see how we go in terms of gear reviews i think it would always be hard for me to keep up with like a channel that gets their gear from the manufacturer directly you know for example a channel that sony sends them the new lens that's out or the new body or whoever can and nikon that kind of thing for me the only way i'm going to review gear is if i buy it myself here in australia we don't really have renting as an option there's no good rental option so for me to go out rent it for a month just to try it i would do it i will wear the cost of that because i'd like to enjoy using the gear as well but there isn't that option there that's you know either affordable affordable or feasible and has everything there is to sort of get like borrow lenses or lens rentals in the u.s so for me it's more just a really casual review whatever i buy i review and that's it pretty much i'm not going to go out of my way to review stuff i don't own so onto camera industry news once again there hasn't been well there's been some pretty big news but nothing huge like in terms of gear announcement which is you know usually my favorite to discuss the first thing would be that canon has announced on the 9th of the 9th of july so no six days away we're gonna get the official r5 and r6 announcement it's gonna be a huge day sadly these announcements usually come when i'm asleep because i think it's 8 p.m singapore time which would be 10 p.m for me maybe depending if the live stream is a 15 20 minute thing i may be able to watch it but i like my early sleep i need to sleep early we already sleep late enough don't need to sleep any later so i'll just have to watch everything and join in on the hype the next day in excitement also olympus has announced that it's sold off its camera business so what that means is it's sold who knows what the new buyer will do with it whether they'll continue the olympus brand as a camera brand or they'll just focus on the medical side medical imagery area which is apparently their most profitable it's always bad to see you know a camera company go bust when you look at it in a sort of 
industry-wide sense. Micro Four Thirds, I've personally never used, so I can't say how good or bad they are. For me, you know, being a full-frame snob, I can't really justify paying the price of a Micro Four Thirds camera when you can get a full-frame option for, you know, nearly the same price. For example, the when it first released, the Fuji X-T4, I think I mentioned on here, was going for about 2800 US uh, AUD body only. Whereas on sale, you can get like an EOS R for about 2200. Even the um, Sony a7 III went for less than that. You can also get the Canon RP, you know, which is a full frame mirrorless as well, for under two grand. So for me personally, I'd find it hard to justify that much on an APS-C body when I could buy a full frame body for cheaper and get a lens an all-in-one but you know I don't know it would be crazy if Olympus tried to enter the full frame market I don't know whether they would do it micro four thirds has always been their thing but now that they have a new owner who knows what could happen I guess once you know time goes on a bit things settle we'll get to see what exactly happens with them whether they stick around or whether we've seen the last of them for now so I'm not sure how long I'll end up waffling on about so I'm going to get right into the main topic now which is my sort of first impressions after owning the Samyang AF 85mm f1.4 FE version for two weeks. Now for those who aren't familiar with this lens, it's not the same lens as the old Canon EF1 that was released I don't know how many years ago. This one's a different optical formula, completely different design. It has also been released in Canon RF mount as of the date of this record was quite a few weeks ago. I posted, there was an article on TPE, well not even an article, just news highlight on TPE about that announcement. In terms of the lens, we had our end of financial year sales here with 15% off. So the lens came down to about $930, I think around there. This isn't the cheapest that it's or ever been. I think the cheapest I've seen it for was like $7.99. That was before COVID because pretty much all the prices have been jacked up since. But the price was good enough. They were doing a promotion where you can get 24 months interest free if you have something called zip money, which I did. So I decided to get it. So that way I can take my time to decide if I wanted to keep this lens or sell it again. You know, not again, but sell it off or keep this um, you know, sell off the Sony 85mm f1.8, which I still own. I do plan to do some small tests side by side with both of them to see how I like them and, you know, which I like better sort of thing. So I've used the lens quite a bit, not like a huge, I wouldn't say I've used 10, 15 hours worth or that kind of thing, but I have used it quite a bit to get a decent idea on the performance and whether I like it or not and how it performs. So I thought I'd just go into it and discuss all of that. My impressions of the lens are definitely positive. I think it's an amazing lens so far. I would definitely be keeping it. Whether it warrants keeping the Sony 85mm f1.8 as well is what I'm currently deciding. But at the moment, I feel like I will keep both and keep the Sony for travel. You know, it's before COVID, you could get it easy for about 600 bucks, maybe 700. If I sell it, I might get 400. Is it really worth it? You know, obviously I can get some of my money back, but at the end of the day, no, I feel like it's easier just to keep the Sony um, 85mm, something small and light just for travel. So I'll go over the sort of three areas, ergonomics, autofocus, and image quality. First, I'll go into ergonomics. Now, in terms of size, it is a big lens. I'm not going to lie about that. When I took it out, I was like, oh, it is a bit bigger than what I'd sort of imagined. I'd seen, you know, so many videos, impressions, but it didn't seem that big. But I think it's just that like initial shock when you compare it to the Sony 85mm 1.8. It does seem a lot larger. The one thing I was pleasantly surprised when I first handled the lens, which does come with its own bag and stuff and lens hood, front and rear cap, obviously, is that it feels very solid. Like it's 
I don't know whether it's a metal or plastic build, but it doesn't feel cheap when you hold it in the lens. For a, you know, 85mm 1.4 that costs under $1,000, you'll probably think it's a very cheap build, but to me, I don't feel like it feels cheap. I really baby my gear and take care of it, so that may make a difference, but I feel like I'll touch wood very gently, otherwise you hear it on the mic. I never want to damage any of my camera gear, so I wouldn't test the durability of it. Finish-wise, I'm sure it probably will scratch a lot easier. I noticed with Sony gear, the paint does come off a lot easier compared to my Canon gear. I think because they tend to go with the more matte or gloss finish on their lenses, whereas Canon have like a sort of a more matte paint to them, I believe. That's what stops them from, you know, scratching and fading as easier, as easy as compared to Sony, which is annoying because I like my stuff to look as new as possible. But otherwise, compared to the Sony 85mm f1.8, it is heavier definitely but it doesn't feel heavy i've taken it out quite a few times now with just a wrist strap and my shoulder ah, shoulder strap walked home which is about three kilometers i went a bit of a longer route though i didn't feel uncomfortable anytime like the lens was too heavier and it's really good for the size and considering it's an f1.4 aperture the caps you know lens caps the lens caps the hood's fine as well nothing special the bag was a bit cheap compared to something you get from sigma those bags sigma usually include are a bit nicer compared to this but otherwise you know i don't really care about it too much if it really bothered me i just get one of the low pro lens bags that you can get i think it's you can get low pro lens bags which i got for one of my other lenses a long time ago but jjc which is just i don't know some off-brand sort of third-party brand they make a lot of lens uh, covers which are really quite nice as well there's not much to cover in terms of ergonomics you know it's nice i like it design wise I do like it, even though there's no, you know, there's no buttons on the lens, no autofocus, um, manual focus button, no, uh, what's it like, custom button that you can use for IAF or anything, or focus hold button or whatever they call it for Sony. I personally prefer this over having something like an aperture ring. I know people always go on about aperture rings are good for video, but I don't touch video. I'm purely stills. So for me, an aperture ring is a negative thing. I prefer to change it in camera. Lenses that I own, like the 24GM, it stays or it's meant to stay on auto and not move from there. I do not want to use the aperture ring. I prefer to do everything in camera. I have by mistake knocked the aperture ring like pretty much everyone does, even though it's on click. So what it is is you can either click or de-click it. I believe when it's de-clicked, you know, it's very smooth, turns, you know, kind of like a focus ring. So that way, you know, if you did knock it off auto, you were less likely to notice. We've clicked, obviously, you know, each time you change aperture. So that, in that case, you'd actually be able to notice if you did pull off. But, you know, if you're somewhere loud, busy, you knock it, you can easily do it without, without noticing still, even though it is clicked. But yeah, um, next, probably talk about autofocus. Now, based on all the forums I'd read, the two areas I was most worried about was autofocus and image quality. The first thing I checked when I got the lens was the autofocus. That was like the most important thing to me was the autofocus properly. So I did some tests around the house, you know, IAF on my girlfriend just to make sure that worked, which it surprisingly works really well. So when I had the Sigma, it's a bit hard to describe, you know, on a podcast, but say if you're standing directly to the side of someone, you know, you wouldn't be able to get IF to, IAF to work. It would only do face recognition. Whereas you'd need to be, you know, 45 degrees, I think it is from the person for it to work. Whereas with the Samyang, you can be directly to the side of the person and it will still work. So it works at a much more extreme angle compared to the Sigma. That's the 35R. Obviously, I haven't tested any other Sigma lenses on my a7 III, but either way, I was very, very impressed with how well that performed in that regard. Most modern lenses are capable of firmware updates, 
This one, the latest version for the Samyang lens is version 4, which my lens is on, thankfully. Pretty much that means I don't need to buy the dock to adjust it or update it. One of the first sort of tests I did was trying to focus at minimum focus distance, you know, like average few meters and then at infinity. I'm happy to say that the lens focuses very well at all distances. Like I've taken quite a lot of shots with it now, even out and about doing street shots at all distances focuses beautifully. I remember with my Sigma 85mm f1.4, you know, occasionally you get it would be off more at infinity, but good at minimal focusing distance, which I think is quite a common occurrence for third-party lenses that do tend to have focus issues. When they do have issues, it's most, it's usually near infinity, not near minimal focusing distance. But yeah, I tested it um, on my laptop. So and this was backlight, backlit scene as well. So I went down near the front of my apartment and took a photo of my laptop, which is, you know, quite a far away. And behind the laptop was our, you know, balcony. So there's a bright light coming in, but still focused perfectly at all different distances. So I was really happy with that. Did a few tests to make sure that the lens is well centered and not off in that sense, sharp across the frame. You know, it's beautiful in that sense as well. It looks like I got like myself a good copy, you know, maybe old copies now are good, but regardless, I got a good copy. So I'm very, very lucky and happy that with that. In terms of AF and tracking, um, noise-wise, there is a little bit of a like, you know, kind of noise when you autofocus, but it's not really audible. Like you have to really, really focus on it to be able to hear it. If you're out in public, you will struggle to hear it. Like I barely noticed it when I was out. I had to really, really focus just to be able to hear it, you know, the, over the sound of cars. If you're in a room that's dead silent, you're probably going to hear it quite easily. The other area in terms of autofocus that I found was interesting. I was quite impressed with how well it can track and keep up with people walking and that kind of stuff. I never do running that, you know, or people running or sports or any that kind of thing. But when I was doing some street on the way home the other day, I had the, you know, Samyang AFC um, wide open at F1.4 and was trying to track people using the A7 III. It pretty much performed as well as the Sony FE8518 has in my experience. Out of all the shots, they were pretty much all in focus. I think all for except one. It's not so much a thing of the lens. I notice it with all Sony lenses. I think it's more just the body. With the Sony A7 III, its tracking isn't as good, well, obviously, as something like the A9. When I use the A9 and you had lock on focus, it would literally lock onto that subject and it would not lose it. Whereas with the A7 III, I do notice it jumps back and forth. It'll keep that subject for a bit, then jump off and we won't necessarily come back to it. I did have that issue with the Samyang, but I've also had it with all my other Sony lenses. You know, you're not going to get the same tracking in a uh, you know $3,000 camera as you would in a six dollars $7,000 camera. So it's it's a reasonable expectation. It's fine. Like if you hold the, um, with Sony cameras, you, you have lock on AF, then you have like single, or I can't remember what the actual name for it now is, but you have, you can select the actual point small point, medium point, big point. So if I have the medium and put it on the subject, it'll keep track of it, no issues at all. It's just more with lock on it, seems to not want to stay on that subject, lose it a bit easier. But as I mentioned, not really a property of this lens, but more of just the body, I believe. I was told online by some people that IAF sometimes has issues with front or back focusing on this lens. Every shot I've done IAF with has been perfect. Tack sharp, spot on, so that's no issues with that either. In terms of image quality, so I'm not gonna lie, I've pretty much only stopped it down to f2.8 once to take a photo, otherwise it's been the f1.4, f1.8. I don't buy an f1.4 lens to shoot it at like f4, f5, 6. I always shoot it as close to wide open as possible. But in that sense, wide open, I have had zero issues with 
image quality. It's an amazing lens, tack shot. You know, there's not really much else I can say. Images speak louder than words. I'll post a link to an album with all the photos I've taken so far, which isn't much. I'm probably better off posting actually a link to my website, my blog, which has a few more and I've got some more to upload to. I do really like the bokeh on this. There's a few times where I took photos at f1.8 and I actually thought I was at f1.4 just because how nice and soft the bokeh is, the size of the specular highlights, the bokeh balls. But then I realized I was actually in f1.8 because it has such a nicer transition compared to the Sony. The main reason that I wanted to get this lens over the Sony was purely for that rendering. So the fact that it does look nicer shows to me that I did make the right choice in getting this lens and I didn't, you know, waste my money or waste my time. Because I did sort of had the thought going into this that if I didn't end up liking it, I could just sell it secondhand and it would sort of be like renting it if I kept it for a few months, even six months. It would just be like I'd rented it because, you know, here prices are like a hundred bucks a day to rent a lens. So, you know, you sell it for two, three hundred dollar loss. You rented it for two, two, three days. And in that sense, if you want to sort of justify the costs. But yeah, otherwise, no complaints for image quality. I'm really happy with it. Really glad I bought this lens. Can't wait to shoot with it more. I'll probably do a review after maybe three, four months, just when I've actually got out of the honeymoon stage and make sure I do really enjoy it. The autofocus is really great, doesn't sort of deteriorate over time or something like that. But really, really happy with my purchase. If you're using Sony or even Canon RF and you're looking for an 85mm, this is definitely a really great option. Beautiful, beautiful bokeh. Great AF for Sony E anyway. I can't comment on Canon RF. But yeah, otherwise, definitely worth the money, definitely worth buying. And, you know, you can check out my images, see what you think of them so far. Most of them are street images so far and just, you know, your still life bokeh shots. I do have a few portraits or street street shots more focused on people that I will be sure to upload. Once I get some time, I'll do some portraits of my girlfriend with this lens as well. So you get a bit more of a proper portrait with it. I have to work overtime, sadly, tomorrow. Don't know why I agreed to it, but I did. So once I'm done with that, maybe the following weekend, can finally, actually, as well. <laughs> once, once I get some time, I'll find time to go out and do some portraits and actually really put this lens to its paces and see how it works. But hopefully this did help someone, you know, who's been looking at this lens and wanted some more ideas and impressions about it and what it was worth buying. This is my impressions of it and I'm really, really impressed and definitely recommend it. Now this concludes this episode. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to see tutorials, reviews or find older episodes of this show, you can find it at tpepodcast.xyz. If you'd like to see my personal work, you can find me at photosbydlwe.com. All of these links will be in the show notes. Otherwise, you can find my links and everything from my website. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe so you can be notified when we release a new episode every fortnight. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.